I'm your host, Moika San, and welcome to Moika San Talks Podcast. Your one stop for real talks, real struggles, real people, and real opportunities. Download and subscribe and make sure to share your thoughts by giving the podcast a review, a share, comment, or giving us a like. joining us. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen in. I have an amazing topic for you guys today. I'm here with Kiana Wang, the founder of The Scooter Project. Hey, how's it going? I wanted to open up to you and so you can tell us a little bit more about your The Scooter Project. Yeah, yeah, totally. So um, I started The Scooter Project actually just a couple months ago. Um, And the reason why I started it was because I had sort of this journey in my eating disorder recovery and I felt like such an immense connection to my eating disorder recovery, whereas I just felt like, um, not to say it was easy, but I feel like a lot of the things came very easily to me. Like I just kind of understood the principles. I understood the implementation. It was a very natural process for me. And I felt so, so passionate about it the whole time I was um, deep in my recovery. So I started my company because I wanted to help other women because I know that it's not always like that um, for everybody. Not everybody is intuitive and not everybody knows how to sort of maneuver around these demons and these fears that we're dancing with all the time. And I, yeah, I just felt like such a pull to it. And I was like, you know, I have such a natural purpose to it that there's no way that I couldn't honor that and just create a company where I can work with women and empower them to do the same for people who don't find it as a natural of a process, who don't um, intuitively understand the body and the connection to it. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I know I'm so many, I'm sure so many women and men uh, are out there right now and they're dealing with uh, their own demons and mm-hmm. being able and being able to identify that. And like you said, it has such a big deal to do with intuition and understanding that you're having a challenge and you need support and being able to reach out for that support, I feel sometimes is what it, it causes that, that barrier for you to be able to, to really reach out because you're dealing with judging yourself, you know, even being open to having someone else know what you're going through. Can you talk a little bit yeah. more about that? Yeah. Um, well, I find that a lot of my clients that I work with, the, the, the issues that they face when going into like, they want to heal their binge eating. They want to heal these, um, disordered eating behaviors that they have and how they control that is through a diet and restriction and more control, which is actually kind of what fuels the fire when it comes to your eating habits. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I like to say is that the reason why my program works so strongly is because it connects um, you to your body rather than living in your mind. So all of our emotions and all of our Um, deeply rooted feelings and emotions that we've repressed that have come out in forms of like binge eating and disordered eating. Mm -hmm. Those are the things you actually need connection to. Whereas the control of the food and all of that, it's actually not about the food at all. It's all about what's in your body and what's asking for attention that we have no idea what's there because it's all subconscious. So it's about learning how to bring that out Mm -hmm. and learning how to cope with that. And I love, I love how you say connecting to the body. So it's definitely a process to, to 
to understand your body. And it's, it's so amazing to under, to think about it that way. And I'm sure people listening right now, you know, are, are trying to understand this concept, but really reflecting on how you function, why you do what you do, why you feel what you feel, and especially stuff that you don't even realize is happening, you know, because... Yeah. Sometimes with what is on the surface, you tend to ignore because it's just a part of you and it's something that you see so natural and it's part of your routine, you know, that it, you have to kind of get to a point where it becomes an issue for you, where you can even start to realize that, hey, you know, this is something you need to pay attention to because it's, it is your body. So being more in yeah. tune with that, you know, is, you know, I love how you talk about that separating, you know, the, all these different areas, the mind, the body and your feelings. Yeah, totally. And like, even just like simple things, it kind of makes you question the crazy a little bit because um, it's like mindless things that you don't even realize. Like we're stuck in this diet culture where weight loss is everything. And even like when you go to a doctor, I had a girl today tell me that she went to the doctor to change her birth control because it wasn't making her mentally feel good. It wasn't making her feel right. And so she wanted something else. And the doctor was like, well, I can give you this, but it's going to make you gain weight. And she was just like, so why does weight have to be more important than my mental health, right? That's still the mm -hmm. outstanding factor. And so it even comes down to if you feel like you have to lose weight and you've just always felt that your whole life, you feel like that that's natural because that's the way that life should be. But really, it's, it's those inner emotions and things that have rooted that belief that are telling you that you have to do that. It's not because it's actually the way the world is. It's just because of the way that we've subconsciously kind of programmed our brains to believe the way the world is. So it really has nothing to do with, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, you know, yeah. 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 It definitely comes back to that social expectation, that standard or your upbringing and, you know, and, and really going back to what, where is the root of all of this? And, and yeah, it's so true because there's cultures where, you know, where being full figured is actually something good. It's something attractive. And, you know, and obviously you hear of so many women, women and men falling into this suppression of meeting a social standard. And I feel like that does definitely create, you know, these limiting beliefs of, or restrictions of what you should look like, what you, what you should, you know, wear even, you know, what you should be, what, what you should do in your life, by when you should do it in your life, and all these things that really narrow you down and restrict you in life in general. So I love how you, like, you tie it back to, you know, just their overall function, you know, and what's going on in their life and in their head, and, and where do they see themselves, you know, separating themselves outside of uh, these standards, what is life look for you, you know, what, what do you love about yourself? What would that look like in your own words, in your own mind? You know, and I, I feel like that's something important for people to do and take time, you know, especially people listening right now. You know, what can you do right now to, to, to do that, to think outside of, hey, this is expected from me versus this is what I want. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of um, people's identity is really identified in their weight. And so, I know that like when I was um, 15, I had this um, teacher and she had asked me what it is that I do for myself because I was in this really deep, dark place where I had an eating disorder that nobody knew about and I was depressed and I didn't have any support and I was incredibly blocked off. And she, she simply just asked me, what do you do um, for yourself? And I couldn't give her an answer. The only answer I could give her was that I would go and hang out with friends. It was nothing that was 
for me personally. And that was because I identified so deeply with my body image and with my weight. Mm -hmm. And so you don't even, it kind of, it masks the fact that there's actually a whole life outside of weight and appearance. And it was like, until I was in recovery, I had no idea who I was. And so recovery was really freeing for me because I sort of got to rebuild my personality and I didn't have any of these influences that came in from like my parents or my peers because I was so self-aware that I was okay with just developing who I am as a root and outside of my weight and my identity that I, I had been identifying with for 20 years or not 20 years, but like 10, 12 years. But it just really, it really shows how diet culture is just so, so immersed in our brains that so many people only identify themselves with a number on a scale or with how many calories they're eating in a day. That's mm -hmm. like their greatest purpose. I had one client, she told me that I asked her why she feels the need to um, know the amount of calories she's eating. And she told me it was because she feels like it's her daily purpose. And that's because she was so deeply identified in her weight and her calories. And that's what her life became. So she didn't actually have a life outside of her eating disorder until she kind of took a step back and decided to heal and to really rebuild herself from, from the inside. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And it, it's definitely a journey to be able to, uh, to figure that out. You know, I think it's a process. It's not something that happens overnight. And especially when you kind of get stuck in creating a life around your, you know, your, your issue that you're having. And that's in general, you know, yeah. whether, whether it's, you know, an eating disorder, whether it's, you know, just weight management, whether it's a psychological issue that you're having, you know, it, it definitely comes down to identifying your journey and, and what's part of that, you know, and being able to, to, for example, like your client who created a world of counting calories and dedicating, you know, part of her life to that, that outside of that wasn't, you know, it, there, there wasn't more stimulation to, to empower other areas because that was consuming, you know, that part yeah. of her life. And, and it's very hard to dig yourself out when you don't even know what's happening. You don't realize that, you know, or, or people who do shopping, you know, they have a shopping addiction, you know, that they just go to that yeah. and, you know, that's their, that's their you know, their happy time or, you know, that whatever brings yeah. them that, that, um, what is it? That, that comfort. It's, it's, their, it's their control mm -hmm. so that they don't have to deal with those underlying emotions because that that's really essentially what binge eating and emotional eating is, is that our brain protects us from these um, emotions and these fears that we believe are dangerous and um, harming to us. And so we create systems for ourselves, and for my clients and my audience, my community, that would be through like binge eating or restrictive dieting or these other behaviors. That's how they control because they can't control the fear and the uncomfortability that comes with those emotions. So instead, they, they do something that they know that they're going to have control over. They know what the outcome is going to be. They know exactly what they're putting into their body, what they're expending, and that's their form of control. And that's the form of system that their brain has made up in order to protect them from these things, these emotions and these feelings that they believe are so damaging to them. But it's really not. Mm -hmm. and, and what are your recommendations on how someone can begin to create a world outside of this pattern? when they identify that they are 
um, you know, going to this, um, you know, the sense of control, you know, creating another sense of, of, you know, really supporting themselves in these areas. Yeah, I would say that the first step, the very first step that I even start my clients on is I get them to start observing their emotions and observing their behaviors. So I don't get them to change anything necessarily for the first week. I just get them to um, journal down their feelings or talk about their feelings, whatever form that works best for them. But before they eat or after they eat, I get them to kind of just observe their feelings and learn how to sit with those emotions rather than covering it up with that um, fear and anxiety and control and all that. I, I get them to be comfortable with their emotions because when we become comfortable with our emotions, we don't have that need to kind of cover them up anymore. And what I always say is when you're faced um, in a moment where you want to binge or you want to restrict or you're afraid of food or whatever it is that you may be feeling, the one thing that you have to remember is to um, face it and not fight it. Mm -hmm. So you have to face the emotion, you have to face the feelings you're feeling and just hold them and kind of sit with them in order for your brain to not need to go to those systems anymore. So my first step that I would tell you guys to do, everybody who's listening, is to just observe your emotions and learn to sit with them. Because when we learn to be okay with those feelings, that's when the transformation happens. And it's not easy. I mean, like there are a lot of times when, you know, you're feeling intense, intense, intense emotion, whether it be like anger, anxiety, fear, whatever it is, it's really, really hard to kind of slow your brain down and just sit with those emotions. But um, mm -hmm. it, it's just about setting the intention to do it. Even if you're not fully able to do it the first few times or like for a month or whatever, as long as you're just setting the intention and you're trying to do it, that's still progress. It's still getting you somewhere because it's training your brain to think a different way than what it's currently taught and what it's so enriched in this is the way your brain works. It's, it's just a practice. It's about easing into it and being okay with it being baby steps and not a leap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks Boo, for highlighting that because I think that is the, you know, that, that can be overwhelming to realize, you know, you know, when, especially when you're going through the emotional, uh, you know, sinking in of what actually you're, you're experiencing and, and processing all these different emotions that obviously you haven't done before. And, you know, obviously there's people like you who, you know, help with that process, but you know, if they're doing it on their own, I definitely feel that journaling is an amazing way to support yourself and really hearing and processing that you know, those thoughts that are actually happening and, and really also noticing the difference between when you're first starting out and seeing your progress, you know, throughout yeah. this journey, because you're able to reflect, you're able to see the difference in how you're feeling. And especially because over time you do, and you will feel better, you know, and you're able to see this growth and this progress, which supports you in holding yourself accountable and, you know, being consistent and, and really following through in, in developing these new coping skills, you know, yeah, and, totally. Mm -hmm. And, and journaling, I find that it, it can be very intimidating to people because, and especially for me, I, I can personally relate to that because when I first started to well, I was trying to journal for years and years and years, but I was so set on, oh, the perfectionism part of it, right? Mm -hmm. And 
I think what's important to remember is that when you're journaling and trying to approach your feelings, it's not that you already know your feelings and you're just writing them down. It's simply just starting the flow of information in your brain in order to kind of open up that um, mindfulness and allow for those what I call downloads to come in and those are the connecting points that are going to tell you exactly what it is that your body is feeling and so even if you sit down and all you can think of to journal is this is stupid I hate journaling this is really dumb I don't even know where to go you just keep just keep writing you know whatever you're feeling and eventually those subconscious feelings will come out they will they will surface because that's what they want is they want to be heard and if they feel as though there is a channel for them to come out because you're you're sitting down and writing this is stupid I hate this or whatever they're like okay well she's still journaling she's still doing this maybe I can kind of just try and push my way out a little bit more today and so Mm-hmm. Every day, if that's all you write, one day something's gonna come out of it, and it's and journaling just like anything is a practice because it's a mindset. It's learning how to open up your mind to these downloads and these things that will help you actually progress in your journey. Yeah, and I love how you talk about how it's not this structured way of doing things. It's like it's you opening up, you know, this space for you to really externalize your your process intern, you know, your internal process, and you know, and in so many you know, ways that you can journal, you know, I know there's definitely writing, but I know people also draw or they, yeah. you know, they externalize this emotion in, in, in very different ways. And it's up to also the person to identify what works best for them. And yeah, absolutely. If you, you know, open up a book and, or a journal and you see a blank page there and that might be intimidating for you, just start to doodle, start drawing, but start the process. And absolutely. no one's looking at your grammar, you know, no one's looking at your, you know, your sentence structure, nothing. So feel free to just put it on there and, and give yourself time to feel and give yourself that time to just, like you said, you know, do these like mental downloads and, and externalize it onto this, you know, platform or, you know, canvas that you have so that you can see it, you know, and you can actually filter what it is that is happening. And I, I feel like that's amazing to, for people to understand and, and really make it a priority to, to journal, because I feel like journaling or just that process of, you know, self-analyzing, it helps you in so many different areas of your life. You know, I know many entrepreneurs and coaches and, and, you know, people really recommend journaling because it allows you that extra depth of, you know, of self-evaluation and understanding and, and really supporting yourself, you know, giving yourself an outlet. So I definitely want people to, you know, get on this, you know, even if it's, you know, at night or in the morning or as needed, or like you said, you know, one time a week, you know, just get started and, and seeing what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And the other thing I tell um, my girls that I work with too, is that like, I totally understand if journaling is not your thing. Some people just don't like it. And it's like you said, there are so many other forms of self-expression. Like you can do it through, dance you could do it through music you could do it through meditation through yoga through exercise if that's your thing like whatever it is that kind of puts you into that headspace of growth and and opens up kind of your channels to let all of this information flood into you that is still considered like a meditative thing I personally really like walks because it kind of connects you to nature a little bit more if you just kind of listen to this sounds it really it grounds you because it, it, it's as if it's bringing you back to the earth you're absorbing those ions that 
the world is putting out and that kind of helps you mm-hmm. to to conduct these important information that you need and actually it was interesting since you mentioned drawing one of the activities that I did when I was in my eating disorder recovery was um, I was in a group therapy and our, I had two facilitators and one of the facilitators she got us to draw in like one of those outlines kind of kid drawing things she was mm-hmm. like okay you have five minutes you have to color in the lines color the entire picture don't can't draw out all the lines you have to make it perfect right so we did this for five minutes and then directly after we got another paper and she was like okay just go for it have fun draw outside the lines just scribble do whatever it is you want just have fun and the purpose of the exercise is really interesting after because it sort of showed us the comparison between the perfectionism and then messy action right and which one was more freeing and which one felt better for us, which one felt less anxious, which made us feel more free and like more flowy with the process. And it was really cool. So if that's something that you guys are interested in, it took like 10 minutes, but it was really interesting um, exercise to do because you can just see the different ways that it made your body feel like when we had to be perfect, it definitely would make you feel like more pressure, more anxiety, more like, oh my God, I like, you know, whereas Mm -hmm. when you were just being free, doing whatever you want, you're just like, you're just fucking free. You don't care about anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love love exercises like that, you know, that, you know, they're subtle, you know, in what you're doing, but it it does make you feel this like reality check, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it really does help. And I know that right now, maybe a lot of men are listening to and I want them to understand that this isn't topics about, you know, anything related to health, to diet, to weight or a number, you know, it, it isn't restricted to women. It is absolutely not, especially in this day and age where, you know, it, it's, it consumes both, you know, male mm-hmm. and female. And these are techniques for everyone, you know, to really utilize and take advantage of and, and do this process of self-discovery because it's going to help you in so many ways, you know, whether it's, you know, to support you in, in developing, you know, healthy eating habits or, you know, other areas of your life, doing exercises like this, even for example, the drawing exercise that you just gave us. And, and thank you for that. I hope people do take advantage of that. You know, it, it opens up this process for you where it's going to lead to other, you know, um, areas that you're going to discover about yourself that you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have started it, you know, and I think it's, it's very cool to, to have people actually, actually physically doing this. So I love all your techniques and, and, you know, recommendations. Yeah. And I think men have, um, I mean, of course, like eating disorders are still very stigmatized, I feel. And I feel like, Um, when I was starting my recovery, all I could kind of find information about really was, you know, anorexia, bulimia. And of course, those are very real eating disorders. But the other side of eating disorders is the ones that people aren't familiar with, you know, the binge eating. It's, you know, there's different forms of eating disorders, and it's completely different for everybody. And I mean, I've experienced a mix of all three of them. Um, And so your, your journey really is it's going to be so different from everybody else. And I think the struggle that men face so much is that it's stigmatized even more for them because nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about how, I mean, at the end of the day, if you take our skin off, we're all just the same. We all have the same brain functions. We all have the same organs and everything. And so 
men absolutely face the exact same issues. And I think the main problem, the biggest struggle that men face in this case is that it's so stigmatized that it's not talked about because Mm -hmm. eating disorders are correlated with women. And that's just not how it is in reality. It's just not how it is at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a very important thing for people to hear and also for women to feel too, you know, to understand of the number, the amount of pressure, you know, that, that is solely identified for women, you know, and I think breaking out of that and through podcasts like this or through, you know, other things in media where are slowly helping this, you know, breakthrough in changing this perspective. But I think it's something that is still happening. It's still something that people are getting their head, you know, they're wrapping their heads around. And, you know, I I feel it's definitely, it's been something that has been, you know, uh, I think it, it, very aware in people's minds, but I think for the fact that for it to feel equal where it's, you know, just this generalized issue, it's a progress, yeah. you know, it's a process yeah. also still. And I think a lot of it too has to do with um, a tie into like gender roles, right? So like women, yeah. I, I feel like it's just very like men have to be very, well, they don't have to be, but they're, you know, culture has made men to be, they have to be strong and they can't have feelings and they have to be sort of quote unquote, the better of women. Whereas, you know, women are looked at as the more emotional, more delicate little Mm -hmm. flowers. Right. And I think that gender roles play such a big part in why it's not talked about for both men and women. And for one, because women probably don't feel that men actually understand this process. They probably think no men, understand what it's like to have an eating disorder and to have those pressures um, of body image on them. Mm-hmm. And, and men probably feel as though that they can't because they're a man and they can't have these feelings. They're not supposed to. And so it's really breaking down those walls and just being like, hey, we're all just people and it's okay. We can all be a community and we can all be supportive no matter the gender or the age or the weight, whatever it is, you know, we're all just people at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. And another thing is like, oh my gosh, like girl, like the fact that we have to manage, you know, we have to be able to, you know, through gender roles, through life, through daily life and all these different things that happen that are part of the human experience, you know, being able to, to figure all this out, you know, and I think it, it also comes down to don't, you know, you can't be hard on yourself. You can't, um, you know, you know, you really can't not support yourself. And I think it has to come to a certain point where you, when you realize that. And I think once you realize it, it, it just, it becomes like a step-by-step breakdown, you know, being able to reach out for support, to develop these, you know, new behaviors, to develop this process for yourself. And I think it's, it's definitely a lifelong journey. And I think that's the same thing for, for so many things, so many things that really occupy people. But I think it is a life journey. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, um, they try and fix these things in like 30 days or 60 days or eight weeks or whatever it is that their personal timeline is. And they're like, well, I'm going to put in all of these strategies to fix it because I don't want to be like this for much longer. And they want that short term quick fix. But the thing that I always tell my clients is that they have to be okay with the fact that this is going to be one hell of a roller coaster journey and it's going to be one that lasts even past my six-month program because 
for me, my journey, it's still going on, but I've been in it for three years and it took me a really long time to kind of actually process and get where I am. But that is one thing that I instill in my, my girls every, every single time is that if they're not able to reach their goals or do these things that they want to do, they have to be okay with the fact that, you know, if, you, if you're setting the goal to not track your calories for a week and, and you're feeling really down on yourself because you're not able to do that, but you are still able to make, take like baby steps that week towards that goal. You just have to learn to be okay with not always reaching the quote unquote end goal or whatever it is that you're trying to reach that week, but being okay with the process of the baby steps and realizing that those are going to add up to way, way more in the future. And that's why it's such a long-term thing is because these issues are so deeply rooted in us. Mm -hmm. So it takes our bodies a really, really long time to get it and connect with it and kind of have that like aha moment where, Oh my God, I get it. I don't have to do this. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's really, it's, it is such a long, long journey. And yeah, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. I really try to instill that in people that it's okay to not be perfect. It's that perfectionism thing. And that really comes out, especially for people who deal with this eating struggles is because it's control, it's perfectionism. And so it's learning how to jump out of that and into the different mindset. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I, I definitely think people need to understand that we're human. It's human to feel like you can't. It's human to feel like you're going to have days that it's going you're going to be off. There's going to be days where you're going to feel empowered and on top of the world, you know, and it's a matter of creating a balance. And I feel like so much of what I do is about telling people about creating a balance between life and work and just in life in general. And it's a constant struggle. You know, it doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that you're going to create a balanced life and it's going to maintain itself for the rest of your life. No, that's not realistic. And I think being real, being honest with yourself is step number one and understanding that balance at the same time is just dealing with this nonstop of, you know, of of ups and downs and, and, you know, feeling like you're having to move mountains and then shifting your mind to realize, Hey, you know, you can, look at it as a pebble, you know, and yeah, exactly. you know, it's an exercise, it's, it's life. And that's what it's about, you know, and I think I love being able to break it down for people and and just normalize and humanize this experience that they're having. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I teach like a lot of my girls. So even if they're not struggling with um, certain things, so like if one of my clients has kind of overcome binge eating for, a certain amount of time, I will still teach them those foundational um, kind of practices because like you said, it's a roller coaster and one week you're going to be doing great. And then the next week you're literally going to feel like you've made no progress and mm-hmm. everything's just shit. Right. But it's, it's about learning the, yeah, and, the, and the worst part is that you feel like shit, you know, you feel like, fuck, you feel like, yeah damn, you know, like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to pull through. I'm not going to be consistent or, and people do fall off that band, you know, that, that rhythm. And sometimes people even avoid, you know, you know, having communication for a while because, Hey, you know, you know, they feel ashamed or whatever, but it's really holding yourself to the, the fact that it's okay. It's all right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it's definitely something where, you know, it's part of that process to be okay to even tell yourself and like, you know, just take today to, you know, recover, you know, to readjust and, 
what can you do today to prepare yourself for tomorrow and, and forgive yourself today for what you didn't accomplish, for what you couldn't do, what didn't fit in your schedule, for, for what emotionally you couldn't deal with today and forgive yourself for it so that tomorrow is a new day. Tomorrow is a fresh start and you can have that, you know, another, another mindset or another rhythm for yourself, you know, of energy for, but you have to create that for yourself at the same time, the same way that you put the negative into yourself. You have to put that positive out and be like, okay, tomorrow it's going to be better. I'm going to do. Yeah, exactly. It's like looking at, um, the way that I look at, like, if I binge one night, I don't kind of go into it and be like, oh my God, I'm like the worst. I'm so stupid. I can't believe that I did that again. Cause I know better. Um, the way I look at it, any trials that I face, I feel as though it's a message that my body sends me telling me that something's not right or something needs more attention from me. Something needs healing. And it's also being okay with having maybe, maybe binge or maybe gone back to these habits you're trying to fix, but then also saying, okay, I did that. But I also did this one thing today that I haven't been able to do ever. So that's like huge. And even if it's something as small as being able to put your meal away when you're full instead of binge eating on it, like that's still huge. And it's, it's kind of learning how to shift your mindset into the um, abundant mindset rather than the, um, I can't remember the word right now, but yeah. the, like yeah. lacking, uh-huh, like yeah, lacking exactly, something's exactly. missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think definitely the small, um, the small steps, the small, you know, you know, pat yourself in the back and motivation and, and being your own cheerleader, you know, to really support yourself when you're down, you know, because so many people are pushed to the, to extremes, you know, where it's depression, you know, suicide, you know, self-harm or, yeah. you know, there's such an, ex- there's such a range in emotion that you are, you are human. So you're going to feel but at the same time, you know, you want to uh, regulate yourself and and figure out what needs to happen so that you can do better, especially when you don't have the support, when you don't have resources, or maybe at the time, you know, maybe people right now are listening and maybe they've never reached out for support, but it's something that's going off in their head, letting them know, hey, there's a red flag here. What can I do about it? You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's learning to yeah kind of like shifting that mindset from I'm so horrible to my body needs something more Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because sometimes it's not like for example can you imagine people who need sleep you know you can go hours and push yourself hours sometimes days where you're not getting good sleep and you're not making sure that you do get good sleep or like drinking water you know making sure you have the sufficient amount of water to really function people you know even though your body sometimes craves it and your you know your mouth is dry because you just haven't had water for days or whatever the case is it's that people are just not in tune with their self-care and really reflecting on, Hey, you know, what does my body need? My body is talking to me. My body, you know, is looking for this resource. Yeah. And, and you are the one who's in charge of externalizing that and bringing yourself that water, putting yourself to sleep, you know, bringing yourself, you know, the nourishment that you need and limiting what you don't need. And there's so many, like, that's where the balance comes from, where, you know, you, you're trying to do all these things as best as you can. And it's not meaning, you know, that it's going to be perfect, but you're definitely going to try your best and you're going to do your best. And I think, uh, you know, going back to just being consistent and, 
you know, supporting yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. And the thing with self-care that a lot of people struggle with is that they're so immersed in their weight and the calories and and food and all that, that all of their self-care kind of just gets like pushed to the side. And it's like, they, and honestly, it's just like when you're so, um, just crazy, crazy deep in that mindset, you just don't give a shit. Like, honestly, when I was so deep in my eating disorder, I would stay awake to binge like all night long. I wouldn't like brush my teeth. I didn't care about taking care of my hair. I wouldn't even do like simple things like brush my hair, like anything. Cause I just didn't care. The only thing I cared about was my weight. And so really a lot of healing is really learning how to connect with your body so much that you actually care about taking care of it. And you actually care about doing these, um, things that I mean everyday people do of course but but especially people with disordered eating they typically tend to veer away from that self-care because for one they're not connected to their body two they just don't care because of their mindset and so it's really learning how to change the way that we take care of ourselves and that's been something that I've really had to learn because like since I was 10 I've had this eating disorder and it's like I said I didn't care about anything else other than my weight and so now that I'm kind of moved out of my quote-unquote like recovery phase and I'm more in my, my like integration phase into like the rest of my life I have to figure out how to balance food and making sure that I take care of my body and making sure I feel good and worrying about things like my skin and my digestion and my eyesight and everything else that I just didn't care about before. So it's, it's really, it's learning how to like literally reinvent your life and your whole relationship with your body. It's not just when it comes down to food. Cause at the end of the day, it's your entire, entire body that you have to learn how to take care of again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that maintenance piece is really important for people to hear to, to be okay with how uh, this process is going to support them, but being able to just focus on maintaining their self, you know, maintaining their success and whatever, in whatever form that looks like, you know, where they're, um, you know, you know, in any way that, that there is progress, you know, but I think definitely highlighting the fact that the maintenance part is really where the work is in really reassuring your, your success, you know, and holding yourself accountable. Cause I know with, uh, like for example, and uh, something that pops into my head is like, you know, people who go to AA meetings, you know, for Alcoholic Anonymous and, you know, they say, I know something completely related, not related, but at the same time, it's still an addiction, you know, and Mm -hmm. they, you know, they, one of the main things that they talk about is, you know, you're doing this, this, you know, 12 step program, but the actual recovery doesn't actually happen until you're out of this, until you're by yourself, holding yourself accountable and doing it for yourself, you know? And I think that's, that's something for people to, to really digest because it's a little, it's a bit of a scary thought, you know, to feel like you're not going to have that support or you're not going to, to have, you know, a coach or a mentor there, but you know, it really comes down to yourself and creating a life that's going to allow you to thrive, that's going to support you to thrive. And it, it, it comes down to you and being able to do that. A coach can come and guide you and support you, but they're not going to come in and set up your pantry or set up, you know, set those limits on when you're going to not eat or what you're going to save and, 
you know, all these different things that, that you're, that you have to do. And I think maintaining yourself and creating that life for yourself is, you know, it's part of the process, you know, and it's okay to feel overwhelmed because just talking about it, it sounds like a lot, you know, but, but being able to even have a conversation like this or hear a conversation like this, it normalizes the fact that it's not easy. Oh yeah, totally. And that is something I totally acknowledge when I'm doing client calls and I'm like potentially taking on clients. The thing is, is I only will work with people who are like 10 out of 10, 100% ready to commit themselves to the process. Because Mm -hmm. the thing is, if there's anything out of alignment and you, when you go through my program, the program just simply won't work for you. Mm-hmm. And that comes down to the individual. And it's like you said, the coach can provide you with information, with support, with like literally all, like everything, everything that they can control, but it's not going to work unless the person is so fed up with their own bullshit or they're done feeling the way that they feel. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only place that change comes from. You have to be so tired of the way you're feeling or whatever it is in order to actually change because it just doesn't come. If you're not fully committed, it won't come to you. And Mm. it's not to say that you can't make progress without being like 100% committed. It's just that it's a lot slower. So that's something that you have to accept. If you're still immersed in your um, binge eating, for example, and you're not – you know, you're not fully committed to it because you don't know, you you know, and, and I think a lot of the thing that comes down to the fear to commit to change is just simply your fear gremlin. And it's, it's your limiting beliefs. It's your, what ifs? it's, what if I, what if I don't succeed? What if I get out at the end of it and I don't change? What if I'm not able to meet up to what's expected of me? It's all Mm -hmm. of those limiting beliefs. And so when it comes to change, it's really about changing that limiting belief in your mind to go from what if I don't succeed to I am going to succeed and give it my all. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really about how we talk to ourselves and the way we view it. Because if we're going in, we're putting that energy out into the world of what if it doesn't work? What if it does? What if I messed up? What if I do this? All the universe is hearing, it's not going to work. It's not going to, you know, you're not going to succeed. But if you're putting out there, you're starting a journey by saying, I'm going to fucking do this and I'm just going to put everything I have into it. No matter what happens, no matter what the outcome is, I'm going to succeed. No matter what the outcome is, that's all the universe hears is that you're going to succeed. And so it's all about the energy you put towards your, your journey and your change. Oh, for sure. For sure, boo. I think one of the things that people understand, need to understand is that is power. People don't understand maybe what, you know, when they hear talk about, you know, manifesting or creating their, you know, their environment or stepping into their power, that is the power. That's the power that we're talking about, meaning that you have control over these decisions, over these actions and, you know, pushing through and making it happen. And it it comes down to that and, and really making it, uh, you know, an, a new for you, you know, where you're breaking out of that, you know, cause maybe right now people are functioning with whatever they're dealing with and because they're functioning, they're not to that point of despair or uncomfort or discomfort, you know, where they're mm-hmm. wanting, they're wanting to create that change or that level of change where it's literally a whole nother level of themselves, you know, but being able to, to, you know, to realize it's something they don't like 
and stop normalizing it for themselves, you know, at that point yeah. where it's like, you know, oh, I'm okay, I'm com- I'm all right, you know, and, and really being honest with themselves of like, no, you're not okay, you're not happy, yeah. this doesn't make you happy, and it's not going to make you happy when you're feeling like shit, because, you know, you're telling yourself all these things because you just finished doing it, you know, and it's, it's a change that is going to have to happen, but you're gonna have to get to a certain point in your life, like exactly like what you just said, is that for it to even be possible. You yeah, know, yeah. Yeah, because then you step into the cycle of, you know, being even harder on yourself and being, you know, not, you know, not following through and telling yourself all these things and those messages that you tell yourself, if you're not truly committed and you're not going to follow through, all of that is going to end up coming back to you, you know, in a in a negative way because you're already expecting yourself to fail and you're setting yourself up for failure. So, you know, definitely being fully committed to to wanting, you know, this, this new version of yourself or this new experience is step number one. And yeah, yeah, I really like what you said um, about setting yourself up for failure, because that's also something I talk to my clients about, I, I always say, we have to be realistic with ourselves and really just honestly, brutally honest with ourselves and set realistic goals. Because mm-hmm. if you're it, like, if you're binging, every single night and you can't get control over that you can't make the goal to not be binge eater not be a binge eater in the next month like you just can't do that you have to really kind of take it baby step by baby step and just set the littlest goals for yourself and when i say the littlest goals i mean like the littlest goals sometimes my goal in the day all it would be was to have like an uh, an untracked snack after i eat breakfast And if that's all I did that day, that was still a big fucking win for me because, and and it really comes down to whatever your personal journey is. You know how severe your, your relationship to your body and food is. And so if it's really severe and all you can do one day is to have a snack that you don't put into your calorie tracker, then that's all you should do. Then that should be your goal. But if you're, of course, if it's not as severe and maybe you're just binge eating because maybe you've, I don't know, maybe you're like a bikini competitor and you've come off of a bikini prep and now you're kind of binging because your body's been deprived. That's different. That's a completely different thing from somebody who actually has like an eating disorder. Those people can probably make the goal to no longer be a binge eater in a month. But for somebody like me who was so deep in it, I, I couldn't do that. I had to really, really, really minimize my goals to make them realistic for me because I didn't want to feel like a failure. I didn't want to feel like I was getting anywhere. But if you're setting these smaller goals for yourself, they're totally achievable and they Mm -hmm. make you feel so much better because if it's just one thing that you're trying to do that day and you do it, you're a fucking boss, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it really goes back to that self-empowerment and setting yourself up for success because in every single one little thing that you do, you know, you're going to feel good. And it comes back to that feeling good in those positive messages that you're going to then create for yourself to keep fueling this energy of, you know, positivity of wanting to do more and allowing it to become part of your routine. You know, you know, let's say, for example, uh, you know, like you said, you know, not counting those calories, you know, and it made you feel good. It made you feel consistent. It made you feel like you're, you're headed in the right direction. And that becomes part of your routine, the more consistent you can stick to it. And then over time, you can modify that goal. You can, you know, increase, you know, you know, 
you can change it. You can modify, modify it. You have that control and in supporting yourself in establishing things that are going to be part of become part of your world, you know, your new life. But at the same time, know that growth is going to happen you know, from that, you know, and being able to set up the small, smallest goal and knowing that over time it's going to grow and become something else. You know, I think it's something that people can also hold on to and, and knowing that, you know, this small school goal might seem, you know, small and simple, but it's through those goals that it's going to feel simple. It's going to feel easy. It's going to feel more approachable and doable that it's going to, it's going to just be that much more help for yourself. Yeah, totally. And I really think that the feeling that you receive from even even small goals, like you get such a rush of happiness and freedom and pr like proudness and pride in what right? you just accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. It, just, it keeps you going. Yeah. It's like, it makes you crave more. Yeah. And it was so cool. Cause I had this client today and she was like, I had eaten this food that I hadn't eaten in forever. And I was like, well, how did you enjoy it? And she was like, it was fucking amazing. Cause it tasted like freedom. Wow. And, and that's the feeling that keeps you going. If you know that that feeling is possible a feeling that you've never really felt before so much freedom and empowerment in food. It makes you want to keep going. It makes you want to learn more and keep practicing it because it's such an uncomparable feeling to anything else really. Right. Yeah. And I think once you do start feeling allowing yourself or you're setting yourself up for this success and you're, you're, you're feeling these new feelings that you didn't before and you're building this new connection and new relationship with all these things around you that you begin to realize there's another world there for you. And I think the more you look forward to that and living that and it being part of your daily life, it, it goes back to that maintenance piece of, you know, being consistent and, and making it so that for the rest of your life, you're able to feel this joy and this, freedom and feeling like a badass, you know, a fucking badass because you are creating a life for yourself where you're going to be feeling at an optimum level every day. And I think that's what people, you know, don't realize that every day you should be feeling good. You should be feeling great. And if you're not, why? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, totally something that it's like all over in your entire life and especially when you're healing like um disordered eating behaviors it has a lot to do with things like that aren't even related to food like I had personally a lot of like anger issues anxiety all this kind of stuff and I was kind of a person that I, I really didn't like like I was mm -hmm. really thank you thank you for that thank you for sharing you know I really yeah. feel oh, of course. for people to hear that yeah. Oh, I hated who I was because I felt like I wasn't worthy of anything. I, I did. I wasn't really nice to people. I was short with people. I was easily irritated. I was passive aggressive. And, but it all came down. It came back to those deeply rooted emotions that we were talking about at the beginning. Those are the things that you have to heal. And so through this journey, you're not only going to heal your relationship with food, but you're also honestly going to become an entirely different person that you didn't even know you could be. You're going to be able to work through like situations of anger or irritability and you're going to be able to go at it from a whole different perspective and you're going to be able to have better relationships and better communication and so it really just builds your skills as an entire person and not so much just as an 
you're not a binge eater anymore. You're, you're literally like an entire new person at the end of it. And it comes back too to that identity thing. You identify yourself in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think definitely one of, I, I think, and I love, you know, like, again, thank you so much for, for sharing that personal piece to all of this, because people need to understand that whatever you're going through, whatever you're not dealing with is manifesting itself in another form in, exactly. in your, in your life, some way, yeah. somehow it's happening and you're ignoring it and, and it's yeah. going to find its way into something else. And exactly like what you're saying, you know, where you saw yourself in this air, other areas of discomfort and, and not managing well, but it, it came through in your, your control where you, you know, where you it manifested in the foods that you eat. And yeah. I feel for, for people, it, it come and everyone is so different. They're, they're, they're so unique in their own, in every single shape, way and form that you, it's hard to really identify and tell people, Hey, this is what's happening. But the reality is, is that this is what happens. It, if you're uncomfortable with something or, you know, there's an issue, especially something where it's out of your control, it's because you're not able to control something else in your life. And it's manifesting in this way. And, and being able to, to be in tune with that, you know, and, and understanding that you have to take care of this and you will, but you know, yeah. that time is going to come where, you know, it's going to, to, to bother you, you know, to create that discomfort yeah. where it's going to be handled, you know, you're going to get there. And I empower so many people who are listening right now, you know, and I hope that they do, you know, continue this journey because like you said, you just have to get started. You don't have to know what you're doing. You don't have to know where it's going to take you. You don't need to know what's going to be, you know, you know, every single detail, you just need to get started and being comfortable with starting wherever you are at and bringing in those resources to support you because I think people don't really understand the growth that can come from that. And, and like you said, coming out as a completely different person or person and life that you never would have imagined for yourself. And you would have not been, you wouldn't have given yourself that opportunity if you didn't even start, you know, to, to go in that direction. And yeah, exactly. I really like what you said about the manifestation because that's exactly what it is it's your deeply rooted emotions they manifest into different ways that are much easier to express like it's much easier to express anger than it is to express vulnerability and so a lot of people who struggle with these things who are very angry people who are very like depressed or like whatever it is that they're feeling they believe that's who they are and it's not, it's absolutely not at all. I thought that I was a horrible, angry, mean person, and I was just going to be like that for the rest of my life. But that's just simply not the case. And so even just realizing that these things that you feel and the way you project your emotions, that's not who you are. It's just a manifestation of the emotions that want attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I love how you bring it back to that identity piece of people, you know, either feeling comfortable in, in who they are and what they are and in all these maladaptive behaviors, but odds are they aren't happy with themselves, you know, and, and really identifying who do you want to be, you know, who do you have to step in? You know, what do you have to do to grow and step into the person that you do see yourself being that you do see your life being, you know, in, in a certain way and being able to, to really set that self, set that up for yourself, you know, and understanding you have that control piece. It comes back to that and realizing that you do that for yourself. Nobody else does that for you. No one else is going to come into, you know, your life 
you know, and, and do it for you. And I think yeah. it, you know, it takes into that stepping into your power piece of, you know, yes, one understanding that it needs to happen, but really, you know, understanding that it's possible and understand that it's doable. It's definitely doable. Yeah. You know, I, I, I definitely think, and, and this is how I want people to understand that this is general, you know, generally speaking too, because whether right now people are hearing this podcast and they're relating so deeply with this, you know, or, you know, with, uh, eating habits, or maybe they're connecting it to something else in the, in their life. But it comes back to these fundamental principles of, of your maladaptive behaviors are manifesting because of something else that you're not managing in your life. And, and, you know, connecting back into what that looks like, what that is, and, and what's it like for you, you know, and what you're going to do with that and, and really creating a life, you know, outside of whatever that issue is. Um, yeah. And, it, and you have to get really comfortable with vulnerability too, because the thing is you have to face a lot of emotions that are extremely, extremely hard to face. Like there, I can't even tell you how many things that I found out about myself through my recovery that I didn't even know. And sometimes they're really, really hard things to sit with, but it comes with that transparency with yourself and being okay with that vulnerability and being okay with whatever that emotion or that situation makes you feel and just being okay to just sit with it and being okay to it it sort of feels like you're naked like honestly it feels like you're naked in front of people but it's just learning how to be okay with that vulnerability because being vulnerable and being able to allow yourself to sit with your emotions and your fears and your anxieties and everything inside of you that's where the transformation happens I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kiana. And I, I really hope people take advantage of all these, you know, all this information that you're bringing us today, because it, it's a process and you just got to get started, you know, whether, you know, it's reaching out for support, whether it's just really taking the time to think about and sitting in those feelings, you know, picking up a journal and opening it up and seeing what that looks like. So many things that we talked about today that I hope people do take advantage of. And I hope that they let us know. I hope that they let us know if this, you know, podcast has helped them in any way, um, you know, in really, in really challenging themselves, you know, and asking yeah. these really hard questions and sitting and feeling these, these feelings that they haven't and, and sharing that, sharing that experience. Cause I think that also helps people. So create that support system that, that comes with, you know, with, with supporting yourself and, and, um, you know, not necessarily, you know, depending on their comfort level, letting people know what, you know, that issue is. And, and like you said, feeling naked, you know, with yourself, you know, and peeling all these layers to yourself and being able to open up to someone else. That's definitely a, a process, you know, mm -hmm. but setting yourself up with support is, not, you know, it, it's key, you know, it's key to your success and creating that environment where you're going to enrich yourself and, and really support yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I hope anyone listening, please let us know if you guys found this podcast, you know, helpful in your own personal life. If you guys have any feedback, any, anything that you have for us, we would love to know. I'm sure you would love to know Kiana and, and really, you know, let us know what other information that they need. 
or that you guys need to really, you know, support you guys in this area. I really love that I got a couple of people before I even, you know, we got to this piece, you know, of recording, you know, them telling me, you know, their, their, their concerns with food and, you know, self-management and healing themselves and, and understanding that the fact that this is a real issue happening right now, you know, that so many people in the world feel this way and you're not alone. And it's, it's, you know, it's a matter of you and seeing where you're at and where it's going to take you and, and realizing that, you know, you're definitely not alone, <laughs> you know, it's number yeah. one. Yeah, totally. So Never. yeah, I want to thank you, Kiana. Thank you so much for being on with me today and, yeah, and for me. this wealth of knowledge. How can people learn more about you and, you know, follow your, your resources? Yes. So I am on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram name is it's Kiana Wong. Um, and I'm also on Facebook just as Kiana Wong. And I have currently a Facebook group open for binge eating and body positivity. And I do weekly lives there. You guys get to pick the topic every week and I come on every Wednesday and we sit down and we have a good talk about it. So you're learning something all the time. Um, and it, it really facilitates that support, that community that really helps healing to thrive so yeah so that's where you can find me <laughs> all right thank you thank you for that resource you know i hope listeners take advantage of that and join your group if you know it's something that they need and you know visit your websites i really appreciate it thank you so much kiana for your time and everything that you brought us today thank you thanks for having me